This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. I have a guest today, uh, Troy Viola. Uh, we met at a baseball game, and uh, he's going to share a little bit of his baseball story and a little bit of past life and where he's headed. So thanks for coming to the show. Yeah, thank you, Butch. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, Troy, can you give our audience just a little background? Uh, I know you started off um, before we started the the podcast, but can you kind of give us a background where you're coming from and, and then where you're headed? Yeah, um, I was born in Pasadena, California. Um, lived in Locking out of Flint Ridge for about 10 years um, before my family moved up to Bend, Oregon. That's where I went to middle school, high school. Um, went to Summit High School in Bend, Oregon. Played football and baseball there. Um, was quarterback in high school and played shortstop uh, for the baseball team. We uh, won a state championship in football and baseball my senior year there. And that was kind of my send off for high school. Um, and then uh, the only school that I really had an offer from out of high school was Central Arizona College which was a junior college in Coolidge, Arizona, middle of nowhere. Um, but I had a connection there, and they saw something in me that they thought they could turn something into. And um, so I went out there, had a fall at Central Arizona College in Coolidge. I was very underdeveloped. I was 17 years old. Um, I, was, I was young for my grade my whole life. Very underdeveloped, and the competition there, they were one of the top junior colleges in the country. And the competition level there, I was, was unmatched. I, I was definitely um, around some guys that were way better than me, which was great for me developmental-wise. But as far as, you know, starting and playing, it wasn't, it, I wasn't going to happen. Um, so at the end of the fall, they basically told me, like, you can redshirt, try to play shortstop next year, or, you know, we can help you find somewhere else. I basically got cut. And so... Being a naive kid, I was. I wanted to go play shortstop for somebody and be the starting shortstop. So I told them, well, thank you for the opportunity, but I would love to have you help me find somewhere else to go. And that led me to doing some research. And I, you know, Cal Southern California was comfortable to me and there's great baseball down there. So I searched in the Southern California area for colleges and Glendale College was one that came up and they had a um, you know, a history of being really good and um, being in the playoffs a lot. So we reached out to them and sure enough, they needed an infielder and they kind of just, you know, they didn't really know what they were getting. They just said, yeah, we'll take them, you know. And I, I went out to Southern California, played a year and a half at Glendale College, ended up having a growth spurt. So I went from around 5'10", 5'11", to 6'2", like 200 pounds. And they bumped me over from shortstop to third base. So that's where I started playing third base. Um, and then I had a great season at Glendale. Got offered a scholarship to San Jose State University in the Bay Area. Um, I jumped on that immediately because the thought of Division One baseball was like a dream of mine. And, you know, they sold me with, oh, we fly everywhere. You know, you get the free gear, you get all this. And this is coming from junior college where I was selling Girl Scout cookies to, you know, buy a team sweatshirt. You know, so nothing was given to you when you're at the junior college level. And now you're going to a level where the colleges are, you know, handing out free gear to you. So that was very um, attractive to me. So I jumped on that offer immediately, said yes. Went up to San Jose and 
played a year there, a full year, and then COVID hit. And that's when the Bay Area got a little crazy. Uh, we weren't able to work out much. Uh, we weren't able to really practice other than on the football field and very spread out and in groups. So we weren't together as a team. Um, and I just kind of had to look myself in the mirror and ask myself, um, you know, is this, are you putting the best version of yourself out on the field this year? You know, with, with little practice and little preparation. And I couldn't look myself in the mirror and say yes. So um, I opted out, entered the transfer portal. And that's when Purdue uh, came calling. I, I emailed a, a bunch of Division One schools, Power Five, just to see what I could get back. And Purdue was one of them. And they gave me the best offer. And I, I jumped on that one. So I, I, I packed up and went to another, another home base, which was Purdue. And uh, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. A huge stage to, you know, uh, showcase my skills and, um, and obviously, then the year I had there got me where I am now. Well, the perseverance behind it, because when I was trying to just get a little background on who you are, where you came from, and uh, someone had a, wrote an article about the number of emails you actually hit send on. And then, I don't know if you remember that interview, but um, it, w- it w- went into depth a little bit about how many emails you actually sent. Do you remember how many there were? I believe it was over 80 emails. Perseverance to try to nail uh, another spot. And I think that uh, obviously that comes out as a player, right? Like uh, you don't quit and you just keep on moving. So tell us about the time that you at Purdue. How did that work out? Um, I know you said you had an injury and you had to go through rehab, but how did things develop over at Purdue? Purdue was incredible. Um, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced in baseball. Like I said, Coming from junior college where, you know, nothing's handed to you. Everything you do, you got to get yourself um, even up to gear, right? You're, I'm, I'm going door-to-door selling Girl Scout cookies to make the money to sponsor the sweatshirt I'm buying from my team in junior college. It's crazy to think about, but that's, you know, some of the guys that go Division One right off the bat, they would never even know that life. They just, right off the bat, they're getting stuff for free and, you know, everything's being handed them. Um, but, you know, that's great for them, but... My my journey was crazy, um, and there's a lot of other junior college guys that you know experienced the same exact thing. So going to Purdue, where everything is handed to you, you get all the gear, the facilities, your fingerprint scanning into the facilities, um, you know all the huge scoreboards, and you're having media days that are unreal. You're in the green screen, and um, and you know you're in there for an hour and a half. They're taking a bunch of pictures. You got like you know, five different jersey combinations, all the free bats, the free gloves with your names on it. Um, it was like, it was unlike anything I've ever been a part of, right? So I felt like, I felt like a superstar there. I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, everything, this is what all my hard work is, you know, has come to is, is with my final year with Purdue. Um, and yeah, so I, I had a, a great fall with great competition. Um, I competed with a guy at third base till the very end of the fall. Um, I think it was a tough decision for, um, for Coach Goff to make at Purdue. But um, he ended up choosing me to be the starting third baseman, and I ended up starting every single game at third base for Purdue. Played all 50 games, and uh, we made the Big Ten tournament and and went out there, and we got knocked out by Iowa. But just the whole experience was was incredible, and I, I, couldn't, have, I couldn't have, you know, written it any better. Um, we ended it because of the Big Ten tournaments in Omaha in where they play the College World Series. So if you're not going to be in the College World Series, at least I ended my career, you know, in Omaha, in that environment where it's like, damn, this is where the best guys play, where some magic has happened in the past. You know, this is a cool spot to end my college career. 
Yeah, I was reading that uh, you were the first baseball player to play third base for the entire time that you were at Purdue. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, all yeah. fifty games. When you when you finished up at Purdue, um, you end up at you said Edwardsville or Evansville. Evansville, yeah. And so um, that transition um, is that when you moved over to sh- uh, shortstop, or that wasn't until later. No, so coming out of Purdue, I was still third base, and uh, Evansville gave me a ring after the draft. I was 23 because I took my grad year at um, at Purdue, so I was older for the draft, right? And you know, the older you get, the more or the less attractive you become to major league teams that are drafting. Um, so when the draft happened, I didn't get picked up. Um, I was I was just kind of back to the drawing board. What are we going to do now? And Evansville ended up calling me and saying, hey, we want to sign you. We want you to come out and play um, the last month of the season with us. And I talked to my parents and I was like, you know what? This is the best opportunity for me right now. It's professional baseball. It's what I've always wanted to do. I'm getting paid to play and um, it's going to be the next step. You know, my, my journey has not been easy. So why would it be now? It's the next step towards what I want to be, which is a major league baseball player. So I signed with them, went out there, got off the plane, slept, wake up the next morning. I get in the locker room. They give me my jersey. Troy, you're starting at third base tonight. I was like, all right, here we go. Here's like, you know, my professional career starting. First at bat, first swing, fouled the ball off, cracked my hamate bone in my left hand. Um, And I knew what that felt like because my catcher from Purdue had broken his hamate bone, Steve Ramirez. And, um, And I saw the whole process of how he had to recover and what he had to go through. So right when it happened, I knew exactly... Um, what it was Um, and I tried to tough it out I made it to the ninth inning and I could not even squeeze my glove by the end of the game so I I had them take me out Um, and I ended up you know that was my last game I played in Evansville that year I had to I had to go back to Purdue um, get surgery on my hand and then um, and then rehab for the next you know, two months, and then for the next four months, I was working out and getting ready for this coming, um, you know, spring training with Evansville. So that was uh, that was my extent of Evansville that year. I get back this year. They signed another third baseman from the Orioles organization, Yomar Reyes. Um, you know, he was a high prospect in the Orioles organization. Um, we battled in spring training. He beat me out. Um, was playing third base. I was playing one every four games, probably um, getting in there, and I just wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And after we played Windy City, we went to Windy City um, and played. After that series, I got home 4 a.m. Skip calls me in the office, says, "Vilo, you got traded to Windy City. You're headed to Chicago. You're headed back to Chicago." I was like, "All right, man. Here we go." How did that feel? Like, did you feel torn, or did you just feel like, "All right, new opportunity. Let's roll." Well, funny story. The manager of Windy City, Richie Sexton, was my high school coach. When I found out, I was excited. I was like, okay, I'm in, you know, I'm with somebody that I know like really cares about me and knows the potential that I have, and I'm gonna go in and give everything I got. Um, you know, this is another opportunity for me to go. I wasn't I wasn't torn. Um, no bad blood, just, you know, Evansville, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given me here. I've been able to compete with some unbelievable players that have been, you know, upwards of AAA um, in organizations before. And um, so I was very thankful for the opportunity I got there. But, you know, I wanted what's best for me. So hearing that news, I was excited and ready to go. And I didn't know what to expect. I was assuming I was going to play third base. 
And I get there the first game, they have me starting at shortstop. And I hadn't played shortstop since high school, right? Or, you know, my first year of junior college when I was when I was competing for a spot. But um, yeah, I hadn't played since high school. So that was exciting. Yeah. And growing up, my favorite player was Derek Jeter. He still is. You know, he's my idol. He's someone that, you know, I always I always broke down everything he was doing offensively, defensively, the way he carried himself on the field, um, the way he treated fans, the way that he just just handled certain situations that he ran into on the field. Um, you know, he never got in trouble. There was never bad press about him. And so he was someone that I idolized since I was young. So getting put back at shortstop, I was excited. I was like, all right, here we go. You know, I get to be kind of, I got I get to be like Jeter again over here. So that was exciting. And so uh, where we met was at one of the Windy City games. And um, one of the things that stood out to me is you actually tried to in- involve the, the kids in the stand. Um. I would just say my entire career, I've always wanted to interact with the fans because in college, they're not the reason you're, you're getting paid. You know, you're not getting paid. You got a scholarship, but those are the guys paying your bills when you're in professional baseball. So you can't forget, you know, the wide eyed kid that you were one once that was looking up at professionals like, oh, my goodness, if, if he even waves at me, that's the coolest thing ever. So you can't forget that. And I think a lot of guys get complacent and they forget, you know, how cool it is to be a professional baseball player and and not just for yourself but for the fans and for the kids that are looking down at you you don't even realize how many people are watching you like someone's always watching you and um you know if you just take one second out of your day to go and high five a kid or you know if you don't have time to sign this ball at least give them a high five or say hey how's it going um that could be a memory they have for the rest of their life and I know, you know, I have autographs from way back when I was a kid, and I can, I can clearly remember when someone, you know, took the time to come sign something for me. Couldn't tell you their name even to this day, but I remember exactly where it was and, and how happy I was. So that was something that from, like, early on, I've always loved interacting with the fans. Um, so in Evansville, I did the same thing. And here in Windy City, um, you know, every game before, I, after I stretch, we're on the left field line, so I like to go from foul pole all the way to the dugout pick out the ones that are kids and say, you know, what's up guys? How's it going? Thanks for coming out and supporting us. Um, and you know, do you guys play baseball? What's your deal? What's your names? Like, and you know, that's, that's important. And then, you know, um, it opens up opportunities for it. Yeah, you, you know, never know. Sudden, here we are. Butch's podcast, yes, right? right? So it's like, you never know what it's going to do for you. And it's, it's not really, you're out there looking for praise or anything. It's yes. more just, you know, it's important of all the fans. It's important for the kids, and you never know who you can inspire, inspire by just going up and saying, hey, or saying, you know, what's up? My name's Troy. What's yours? Yes, uh, and I think with my boys, I got four boys, and I would say since that game, uh, backyard baseball definitely picked up. And so um, I, I, I think you were a bigger, big contributor to that. And so um, it's exciting to watch them, even though they just modified the bases because the baseball, uh, the backyard's not exactly a baseball diamond. But uh, hey, they're playing baseball, they're having fun, they're hitting hitting balls, they're catching balls, and um, that's where it all starts. And just the fun of you know the American grown um, you know sport that we've always uh, grew up playing. Now, where where's Troy going from here? Like, what how what does it look like going forward as far as you know, your professional career and where, you, where where your goals are? Right. So this uh, league, the Frontier League, is um, is affiliated with the major leagues, but it is an unaffiliated team. So what that means is there's no major league team above us that we're working our way to. Right. So um, you can look at that and say, oh, that sucks, or you can look at it and go, well, imagine if you're playing center field in the minor leagues for the Angels, 
behind Mike Trout, you're not playing for the next 10 years, you know, or however many years he's got left on his contract. You're not making it up to the major leagues unless he gets hurt or something freaky happens. Like, if you're a center fielder, you're behind Mike Trout, good luck. You're not going up there until he says, I'm done playing baseball. So, in my eyes, the way I look at it here is I'm given an opportunity to basically work my way up all 30 major league teams. You know, this is a team where um, the major league teams can come look, and if they like the talent that you have and they have a spot that needs to be filled, like they can grab you and, and buy out your contract, and you could be playing, you know, in single, double, triple A, you know, just like that. And uh, so that's how I look at it is this is a stepping stone for me. Obviously, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity to get to play in the Frontier League, but um, I'm not getting complacent. I'm not getting comfortable. You know, I want to play as hard as I can, and, you know, I want to win as much as we possibly can while I'm here. But the ultimate goal is to play Major League Baseball. So, you know, I just keep playing hard and, um, and put up numbers and, 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 you know, hopefully somebody comes and, and has an opportunity for me. Listen up. Butch wants to give you your own Elite Benefits playbook. And it's absolutely free. From business strategy to benefit strategy. Every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment. Working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits playbook. Or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. So when we were walking in uh, uh, to record the session, we were chatting a little bit and you i asked uh if you guys practice at the same field and you had mentioned we don't practice um they depend on us uh to do our own training so what kind of uh, it's a lot of self-discipline to do that so what do you do you guys get in groups or you just kind of train on your own yeah it's uh the working out is on our own um as far as the weight room um goes you know there's no set schedule or set a routine that you have to follow it's the weight room's on you and then um, as far as any kind of skill type of things, hitting or defense, we have coaches, coaching um, coaches in our coaching staff that can come out and help us if we want help with something. But at this level, you know, you're kind of expected to, you know, you you're a, you're a professional. You know what your job is. When you see a weakness in yourself, you got to go and fix it, right? You got to make that into a strength and got to take it on yourself. Um, no one's going to come out and say, you know, hey, let's go do this and let's go work on this now. You got to understand what your weaknesses are. You got to go fix them. So, you know, we have um, resources. We have the coaches that are willing to come out and help if, if we want ground balls or work on hitting. Um, but it's it's really all on us to to go out and take the extra ground balls um, and seek that seek that help from our coaches instead of expecting them to come and help us. Right. And uh, as far as like hitting, we got Richie Sexton, who is 10 plus year big leaguer, you know, 300 plus home runs in the big leagues. If you want to talk about knowing how it's done, like that's a, that is an unbelievable resource that we have to talk about hitting with. Um, you know, the guy's done it. He's faced some of the best pitchers of all time: Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson. Right? We, the guy's done. The guy's faced all the people you could ever imagine um, in the big leagues. Um, and so, when it comes to hitting, he's such a great resource. When you're struggling or when you have questions about something, it's uh, it's awesome to be able to just go over and say, "Hey, Rich," or "Hey, Skip," like. What do you think on this or what did you do when you were in this situation um, at the highest level because like you succeeded at the highest level you know and, and how can i fit that into my routine and how i do things yeah do you think uh getting to the the next level is going to take 65 emails 
Yeah, it's going to take me hitting over 300 and having 20-plus homers probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just keep hitting the button, right? Just keep going. Yeah. So if Troy had to pick uh, one or two teams uh, on the big leagues, uh, you got any targets, any one you're looking at? Well, I would be honored to get any kind of, you know, offer from any team in the major leagues. But being from Los Angeles and growing up uh, being an Angels fan since day one, I would love to play for the Los Angeles Angels. Um that would be the coolest thing ever to be in Orange County um, playing for them. And then, obviously, uh, the Yankees is another one that was huge for me growing up. My, my grandfather, um, huge Yankees fan, he, you know, he actually, back in the day, he, tried, he went to a tryout for the Yankees, and he got a call back from the Yankees. And we have the letter, like, framed to Salvatore Viola, my grandfather, like, congratulations on your call back to the Yankees. And I believe the story goes, his father said, there's no money in baseball. You need to go get a real job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is crazy, but that was, that was how it was, I guess, back then. And, um, but he was a huge influence on me, and he loved the Yankees. He loved you know, Derek Jeter when he first came on the scene, and he was the one that kind of drilled into my head, like, hey, watch this young kid, Jeter. Like, he's great. Like, does things the right way. I love the way, that, you know, I love the way he swings it. I love the way he plays defense. Um, so the New York Yankees would be another team that would be so fun to be a part of um, just because of the history with my family and um, and obviously my favorite baseball player, yeah. Jeter. I'm going to say, did he have uh, professional uh, – did he play baseball like you did and grew up and that's where he went to the Yankees and had a callback? I don't – I never even – to be honest, I've not, I ne- didn't even hear the story about his youth or growing up in baseball. Um, he passed away when I was about 14 or 15 years old. Um, but he lived on the East Coast and I was on the West Coast, so I didn't really get to see him that much. And when I did, um, he was more focused on me than, hey, this is what I did when I was a kid. Um, it was more like, this is what you need to do uh, to be successful. So I wish I could go back and ask him those questions or even, you know, I wish I would have thought about that at that time. But I mean, I don't know what got him into baseball, but I know that um, he was in the Navy and he played baseball at the Navy, too, you know, with them. I don't know what teams or how that went about. But, um, yeah, I know that we have the letter that says, congratulations, Salvatore, like, you, on the callback. You meet wow. at this location. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, maybe we, you'll get one of those letters one day. Exactly. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah. So uh, while you were at Purdue, I, I think I, I read that you, you studied some type of business background um, uh, in your academics, so, like, communications or anything. And so uh, assuming that, you know, you take and get to the major leagues and uh, you end up retiring at some point, uh, what do you plan on using with that degree and any outlook for um, like goals at that point? Maybe run an organization, stay in the baseball community? Yeah, um, I've I've always kind of just had a, you know, uh, everyone always says have a plan B, right? I don't. I don't expect to not get there, right? So I've always had a just plan A mentality. Like, you keep working hard, you're going to get there. Um, You have what it takes. You have the skill set. You have the body type. Like, you can get there. And so for me, it was was always like, if I'm saying, oh, here's my plan B, I'm almost doubting myself. Like, oh, yeah, you know, if I don't make it. Like, my mentality is I'm going to make it. So it's just a matter of keep going. Keep going. Someone's going to give you an opportunity. I mean, when they tell you no, you say no. I mean, just keep going, right? So... Um, but as far as, you know, the degrees that I got, 
I do have a lot of them because of how many years I was in college. I, I did major in communications, got a minor in business, and then I got a master's from Purdue um, in leadership technology and innovation. So I would love maybe to go into some kind of leadership, um, something in leadership, just because every team that I've been on, I've been a leader or a captain. And um, I've learned a lot through baseball about leadership and how to handle certain people. And um, so maybe something in leadership, maybe sports. I don't know if I'd love to be a coach because I'm really hard on myself. So I know that whatever level I'm going to coach or if I was going to coach, they need to be able to handle like high expectations because I love kids. Um, but some of them, they don't understand, I think, how serious you have to be. Um, and there's a fine line between you want to have fun, but you also want them to, you also want them to take their skills and build on them, not just hear you, but not listen to you. Right. And so coaching, I've thought about it and I just don't know if I would be able to do that because of the expectations that I set for myself. I would probably have to tone it back a little bit. And that might be something that I learn as I get a little bit older, how to, you know, handle that and how to be a little easier on people. But I, I'm very hard on myself and I expect, you know, a lot out of my teammates too. So I don't know, maybe something in baseball, but I do have a lot of degrees. I can figure it out when I get there. But for now, my head is set on Major League Baseball, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, and I, I, you focus on it. I know the game that we saw, um, I you know, uh, saw great performance. And, of course, I'm, the, I'm not the professional baseball player, but uh, stick the path, grind it out, right? Um, somebody's going to pick you up at some point. I, I really appreciate the time that you, you've taken with me in, on this podcast. And maybe uh, through your adventures, we'll get you back and get everybody an update. Absolutely. I would love that, Butch. Thank you. Thank you.